with the inventory issues in the car business right now, I'm hearing from a lot of salespeople regarding pricing conversations and inventory conversations as related to pricing, especially. It can be a difficult conversation to have as far as, um, number one, we don't have the ideal car that you're looking for. And number two, the car that, that you're going to end up getting, you're going to be paying more than you would ever imagine for it just a year ago, for example. That's a difficult conversation to have. But it's really not that much different than some of the other conversations we have. And that's the, the positive spin I'd like to present today and maybe uh, plant some ideas for you to think about. Uh, this is not unlike many situations we already face. We think sometimes, well, I don't have the inventory, I don't have the cars, and even if I do, my management team won't sell the, the vehicle for less than MSRP plus the addendum or whatever. And I can't control these things. Well, there's a lot we, we don't control. We don't control it when people say, I want to think about it. We don't control how long they think about it, whether or not they want to think about it, what it is they're thinking about. We don't control it when people just won't move forward today. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to do something maybe in a day or two or a week or two. We just we can't force them into buying a vehicle. So we don't control that. But we we come up with ways on a regular basis to have conversations about it and, and help them sometimes move forward. It's the same way in the past when we didn't have a particular vehicle someone wanted. These are these are not new problems. This is just a big problem happening over and over. And it's and it's a little bit more difficult to solve than it used to be. There there have been many cars sold after they were obtained from another dealer via dealer trade or purchased from another dealer. There have been many customers who purchased vehicles that are not quite exactly what they wanted, and they purchased them anyway, and they're happy. I'm driving a vehicle right now that is not the perfect vehicle for me. I like the vehicle. I'm the one who went and bought it. I researched it. I like it. Is it perfect? No. Many people in normal times do not buy the exact vehicle they want to purchase. And that's something I think we should remember. So is it difficult? Yeah. But have we overcome difficult things before? Certainly. One of the positives is that when we start talking about higher prices, such as MSRP or MSRP plus addendum, generally trade values are higher as well. And a lot of dealerships have about a 50% trade-in rate on deals. So 50% of your customers are trading a car. A lot of times that can help soften the blow. That doesn't help someone who's not trading, but uh, it, it can help soften the blow. At the end of the day, it's mostly about a payment for most people anyway. And that kind of leads into the next thing that I hear a lot, which is I get requests for a price. I give them a price and it's MSRP plus this plus that. And they think that's too high and they're going to hold off. Well, we've talked about this before as well. Even when times were quote unquote normal. Why are we talking about price? Very few customers come in and, and pay cash. And even if they do, a lot of them are getting the money from their credit union or their bank. So most people who buy cars in America don't come into the dealership and cut a check out of their savings account. So why are we talking about price? 
Think about this. If you went to purchase something you've never purchased before, whether it's a yacht or a luxury car, a hypercar, um, maybe uh, a house, anything, any big ticket item, uh, an RV, a tractor, if you went to purchase it for the first time and didn't know what you know as a salesperson about financing, what would you think the payment would be? Would you be concerned what the payment would be? So, so I guess if you were to go buy something, do you have the cash for it? Most of us don't. If you do, great. Most of us don't. Most buyers buy on a monthly payment. Most dealers sell on cash, on a price in, their, in, in that deal. So that's just the way the business world works lately in America for the most part. So when we think about it, if I was to go buy a boat or an RV or whatever, I don't know how long that finance term is and the term directly affects the payment. If I can only finance a yacht for 12 months, there's going to be a problem with me purchasing a yacht. But if I could finance a yacht for 150 years, I might could afford it. Same way with any other big ticket item. And so the things that affect payment are sometimes things that our customers don't really know as well as we might think they know. So one way to sort of find out what your what your average customer is going to know is to go online and pretend you're a customer and visit some of the sites that you believe your customers are visiting and getting that information. Some of that information is wrong. Some of it's OK. Some of it's great. And once we get that basic information, we can sort of figure out how the average consumer who does research online is sort of landing on a payment and then sort of walking that back into a price. And that's how they start price shopping. They get told by people who are giving advice on how to buy a car. They get told, don't negotiate on payment because the dealer can extend your term uh, and, and lower your payment and the price stays the same or do this or don't do that. My point simply is there, there are people who make a living trying to save other people money and for them to look good and like they're doing a good job, they're going to obviously talk about ways to keep the dealer from making as much money. And a fair deal is, is a fair deal to everybody. So it's okay to make money and it's okay for a customer to save money. So there, but, but sometimes there's a happy medium. So let's let's look at this for a minute and say to ourselves, like we always would, how can I move this conversation to what's really important, the payment? I've said before, and I'll say it again, I would drive the nicest, fanciest, most expensive car that I could dream of, that I want, that I like, if it was $350 a month, no money down. I mean, I'd drive that car today. I can afford $350 a month to drive a high-end $250,000 sports car, but I can't. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if the price is $1,000 or $250,000. If I can't afford the monthly payment, I'm not going to buy the car. And, and so many times we forget that. We, we get into these conversations and we sort of buy into the customer's line of thinking and we think, well, they're just so smart, so educated, so researched. I'm never going to be able to overcome this. And that's the wrong way to think about it. Our customers don't do this for a living every day. We do. Yes, we have these same boring conversations every day, but that's our job and we're good at it. So sometimes rather than just sort of 
have a combative attitude towards someone who's trying to get a best price, maybe we should just stop for a minute and try to find out why they're trying to get a best price. Once in a while, it's going to be somebody who says, yeah, I've got the money in savings and I'm buying my grandkid a vehicle so he can go off to college and, and I'm going to just pay cash for it. I'd like to get a, you know, the least expensive vehicle you have, you know, that, that has automatic transmission and air conditioning or whatever. And, and that's the exception, not the rule. Most people, if you start talking to them, they're going to tell you that they're either A, going to finance it and they've already done the research and got a rate and got, an, got a pre-approval and things like that. And so they decided they could afford 450 or whatever the number is per month. And then they just sort of did the math and this is how much they can finance. And that's why they're looking for a car in this price range. Most people don't mind telling you that when you ask them. But we don't ask. We just say, well, you know, hey, what's the best price you have? Or, or what would it take for you to buy a car today? Or all these other things we sometimes say. They're looking for information. We need some information also to help them. So do we, do we eventually have to disclose all the correct information? Yes, and we should be happy to do that because we sell cars honestly. But at the end of the day, well, we should be <laughs> at the end of the, I know I built my career on that and I hope you are as well. But at the end of the day, we, we, if we can have these conversations, sometimes we can help them. Sometimes we can say to them, so which credit union are you going through? If you don't mind me asking for your financing and they'll tell us and we'll say, well, I happen to know that particular credit union only goes out to 60 months on certain year model vehicles. I have a couple of lenders here that are those 72 months. You could afford a, a, a much higher price vehicle and keep the payment relatively the same. Would you consider that if the rate was good or whatever? So sometimes we can have conversations and actually help people. And uh, it's just a matter of taking that step and having that conversation, asking those questions that start with the letter W. Why? When? What? For who? So these are the kinds of conversational questions that we can ask and the conversations we can start having and, and we can gain information that can take the focus off that price and put it back where it really at the end of the day is going to be anyway, which is on the payment. Because a lot of people think in terms of payment and if they can afford the payment, they'll buy the car. And would most of us like to have a car with more stuff on it? Yeah. And so that's another conversation that that comes up is people say, well, your your inventory is low and I really wanted this particular model and this particular trim level or equipment package and you don't have it. Nobody has it. And so I'm having to settle for a car with more stuff on it. Listen to how that sounds. You know, we don't have the lower price cars because they sell out first normally. And then we have the mid price cars and they get gone. And now we're stuck on all this expensive high end inventory. And, and your customer, think about what they're saying. I'm going to have to settle for a car with all this cool stuff on it. That's not settling. That's the car you wanted in the beginning, right? It could be. I find a lot of times I know in, in my personal situation, when I'm going to buy a car, I want to get the one with all the stuff on it. There's one simple reason that I don't. Payment. I go online and I look and I think I can't afford that amount finance for X number of months at any reasonable rate. So maybe I need to look at a car with less stuff on it. 
We don't have to talk about packages and trim levels and all that and all that car jargon. We can just say stuff. That's how we think about it. A lot of us more stuff on it, less stuff on the car. So if you if you hear a customer say, I'm having to settle for this one with all this stuff on it, even if they don't say the last part, you kind of know what's being said. You're you're trying to sell them a car that's more equipped than they wanted, that they, than they said they wanted, than they inquired about. And the payment's higher and it's a problem. But nobody's settling here, generally speaking, right? I mean, are we settling for something when we're getting more? What has to happen, just like when times are quote unquote normal, is the person buying that car has to come to a realization in their own life, in their own wallet, this vehicle with this equipment is worth this much per month to me, and I'm going to buy it or lease it. So it's the same conversation. We just are now having it with more people, or we should be. So it is more difficult sometimes to what we call car somebody up versus car them down. It's pretty easy to car somebody sideways from new to used and back or car somebody down. We practice that all the time. But to car somebody up is a slightly different conversation. But at the end of the day, for me, it just comes down to one simple question. Due to the inventory shortage, if I could show you a car that you like that has more stuff on it and we can make the payment make sense for you, is that something you consider? What reasonable, reasonable person would not consider that? And again, most people, unless you're dealing with some some unique situation where someone's an accountant or something or has just researched it to death, most people aren't going to know how much higher the payment's going to be. You don't even know. Nobody knows until we plug the numbers in. So at the end of the day, it may not be that big a payment step. And let's face it, they were settling when they came in most of the time, right? Most of the time, I know when I, as I mentioned before, I want the most expensive vehicle I can get with the coolest stuff on it for the price I can afford every month. So I settle for a lesser car. I come in looking for a mid trim level or a lower trim level because I personally know I can't afford the higher trim level. That's called settling. So really, we're helping people not settle. This is the perfect time and the perfect excuse for people to not settle and reward themselves with the vehicle that they really want. Can we make the payment make sense? Is that something they'd consider? Would you consider if we could make the payment make sense? So I think that's profound if we can get our head around it. That's a sincere conversation. And I believe that's a golden conversation. Imagine I'm personally a middle, I guess a middle-aged guy. I feel like I'm beyond middle-aged, but many people would consider me middle-aged. And um, when when we're in a situation where we're making a big purchase, I've gotten in a habit over the years of trying to make sure I can afford it. But sometimes is it okay to splurge and, and maybe reallot some money to things that matter? I know when I was a younger person, for example, I didn't care about heated seats in my car. They were seldom in any car that I ever considered purchasing. But now as I'm older, I like heated seats even in the summertime, frankly, just because it feels good. And maybe it's just because I'm old and have a creaky back now. <laughs> so so things change. And, and now I think that 
it's okay to buy a car with quote unquote more stuff on it because I like that stuff. I need that stuff. It's nice. And most of the time I have found in my experience selling cars, when I show someone a vehicle with more stuff on it, they can really get into that vehicle. It, one of the big things about carring somebody down is you got to sell them on the car with less stuff. It's pretty easy to sell a car when you're carring them up because this thing is, is nice. So that's something to consider. Also, since we're talking about payments, we might want to also start presenting more leasing options because generally speaking, a lease payment is going to be lower and that can help us get to a payment that they're wanting to achieve as well. I don't think leasing payments get put out enough at most dealerships. I personally believe that that most every pencil that goes out should have a lease option on um, the average person in America uh, prior to the pandemic was buying a car about every 42 months. So that's about the time most leases are going to end at, at 36 or 39 months. And a lot of times there's a three month early out option. So why would we be purchasing vehicles and not leasing them? Why would we incur that negative equity? And so leasing is another conversation, but I really think that presenting lease numbers can be can be a great option in this situation. So at the end of the day, uh, this is not a mountain we can't climb. Um, remember, if it's true, you can also explain to people regarding your popular vehicles and popular colors that even during normal times, this is a hard vehicle to get. So even if we weren't experiencing what we're experiencing in the industry right now throughout the world, by the way, you can't just go across the street and the other dealer doesn't have the same problem. Most of the time it's it's everybody and it's not just the United States. It's a worldwide issue and it's not expected to get better immediately. So we don't know how long this is going to go on. If it continues to go on and continues to get worse, logic says pricing might get worse. So really, there is a reason to actually consider doing business today. Remember, this isn't just about a number. This is about perceived value and affordability. I don't use words like afford when I'm talking to a customer or budget, but during this podcast, I'm using it because that's ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to. This customer has come to your dealership or reached out to your dealership because in their mind, they had come to a reasonable decision for their life that this particular vehicle with this particular equipment would be worth about this much per month. So that is what it is. Why would that same logical, reasonable person not think that a vehicle that had more equipment and was nicer was worth a little bit more? And in the grand scheme of things, it's usually a little bit more, relatively speaking, to the whole price. It's not like most cars double in price just to go up one or two trim levels. It's, it's a price step, yes, but if the value is there, why wouldn't they do it? Why wouldn't they reward themselves? Especially if they're my age, we're only going to live once. I've had people come back to me after after I've had some of these conversations before and, and, and I've had conversations sometimes where people just couldn't make a decision. They, it wasn't a matter of inventory. They just didn't know if they wanted to spend the money to get the vehicle with more stuff on it. And I've had people who, in my case, most of them, after we had a, a 
an honest conversation, they bought the nicer vehicle, especially if they were grown ups. And uh, so anyway, they would come back on their first oil change or whatever and come up to my desk and see me. And a lot of times they'd say, I want to thank you for talking me into getting the vehicle that had this feature or that feature or whatever. I'm really enjoying it. I've never had anybody come up to my desk and say, thank you for talking me into settling for the base model. I've never had that happen. And so usually when we're talking, especially with couples, a lot of times one of the, the people at your desk in that couple, one of them already had to be talked down and carved down. <laughs> so, you know, like a lot of couples, sometimes there's a person who likes to have the nice stuff and then there's the other person handling the, the purse strings, so to speak. So somebody had to have a conversation and say, no, we're not going to go get the, the most expensive one they have. We can afford this per month and, and therefore, based on my math at the, at the credit union, this is what we can spend. And that's this particular vehicle. Pick a color. And so somebody's already been carved down and not really happy. They're already settling. And so if you bring up the idea of, hey, this is the perfect excuse to be good to yourself, reward yourself. You only live once and get the car you really wanted with all the stuff on it. If I can make that payment make sense for you, is that something you'd consider? one of them is probably already on your side before you even said it. So it's really not such a giant step. Sometimes we make it out to be because uh, I think sometimes that's just human nature, but uh, we can look at this glass as half full for sure. These are just a few ideas to think about. I hope that you have learned something and enjoyed it. Thank you for being here.